Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, what is up, everybody? Indeed, it is the podcast that's sweeping the nation. That's right. It's One Man's Opinion, right here on, uh, well, wherever you downloaded your podcast, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, Podfly, wherever it is, we appreciate you doing so. And if you could drop some feedback or if you can give it a rating or commentary, I would so appreciate that very, very much, y'all. So there you go. I am Jeff Mans. You can find my work over at fantasyguru.com. That's all things seasonal fantasy sports, elitefantasy.com. That's all daily fantasy sports, elite sports betting. That's all legalized sports betting over there. Follow me on social media. At Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. So, um, today we've got a special episode coming for you. I am solo today. All right, so solo today, but I'm going to go through every single game on the Week Ten docket. Now, a couple of reasons I uh, decided to do that. One, you guys have been asking. Some folks have been asking me for it, and they also want to know how do I analyze a game. I realized I'll never be able to do this all within an hour or even two hours. So I'm going to skim through the games. I will give you the highlights of what I've picked out and what is important and sort of just throw everything else aside, at least for now. Um, in those games, I'll try it, you know, show you guys how to identify breakouts and sleepers and busts and things like that. Matchups really is what we're going toward uh, on the program today. I'll still give you my survivor uh, pool bets, best bet of the week, the upset special of the week today as well as we get after it. Uh, I am recording this on a Thursday, and that means there's Thursday night football, Colts and the Titans. I will go through that game here in a minute as well. Um Loosely want to talk a couple of things that stood out to me over the week. One thing I went off on the coffee video at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter. Every weekday morning, I do a coffee video. I talk fantasy football while in the car driving to go get my uh, morning coffee. So while doing that, I got asked a lot of rest of season questions. Who do you like better? This guy or that guy rest of season, this guy or that guy rest of season. And it just drove me Drove me insane. It, it, honestly, on the video, I turned on the wrong street and then had to do a U-turn. That's how disoriented I got. I I am amazed at why you guys are so obsessed with the rest of the season. It, you know, you understand that the rest of season, what everybody anybody gives you is always a projection. They're just going to go some loose projection. And we have that over at fantasyguru.com. And I'm t- I told everybody on the air, and I'll say it here too, don't fucking go by that. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's such a horrible way to play fantasy football. It's so bad to say, oh, this guy's 148 points the rest of the year. This guy has 142. So I like the 148 better. That, that doesn't, that's not the story. It doesn't. That doesn't vibe. Who's the most consistent? Who's most useful to you? Sometimes a player that is going to likely get less points is more useful for you. Why? Well, a handcuff situation, right? Would you rather have Alexander Madison over, I don't know, uh, Jarek McKinnon if you're a Dalvin Cook owner? Well, you should. Just because McKinnon may have more points the rest of the way doesn't mean he's more valuable to your team. Because no matter what, as soon as Dalvin Cook goes down, Jarek McKinnon stays at the same value he is. Alexander Madison becomes a running back one. Then what do you do? You know, then you're screwed if you don't have Madison. So it's not that straightforward. It's not that simple. And you need to stop looking at it in that way because that's what's getting into so many of your way of winning championships and bad lineup decisions and constantly chasing. You ever, that's the other part about this is you go to uh, when you're you know, analyze a trade or, or whatever, and you make a deal. And then you know, one week later, if the guy you traded away blows up and has a great week, you think it's a terrible trade. 
And if he doesn't do anything, then you think it's a great trade. And likewise, the guy, the player you got, oh, it's a great trade if he went off there. It, it, the other thing is the rest of the season projection changes. Every game, the amount of points those players are going to be projected for changes. And oftentimes it changes rather dramatically. So, guy, that's just not a good way to look at it. So, and people ask, all right, well, how do you look at it? Well, the way to look at player value is what it's worth to your team. And that's why I told you in the beginning of the season go back and listen to those podcasts. Go back and listen to the draft strategy podcast. We talk about building a, uh, a depth chart to your team, knowing who the next man up is, next player up. Your, your tight end is off this week. Well, who starts? Do you need to go get somebody? All right, who do you cut? You cut the last guy on your bench, the most, most worthless guy, right? But yet every week now, I told you guys that, we set up our teams that way and we get eight, nine weeks into the season. And next thing you know, you give me eight players to call. So I call this guy or that guy or this guy or this guy or that guy or that guy or that guy or that guy or this guy. Go, oh my God, just go by your list. Who do I start? This guy, this guy, this guy. Why do you have eight startable players? You should know who the next man up is. You have one to two starting lineup spots that shouldn't be guaranteed every single week. Two lineup spots max that you rotate in and out because of matchups or whatever. That's it. The rest of your team should start every week. And if they're not good enough to, and I get it, maybe your injuries, I have a couple teams like that, then you're in a lot of trouble. You know you're in a lot of trouble. You still need to stick, you still need to find players. If it worked for you one week or two weeks, streaming all the all different quarterbacks, tight ends, defenses, running backs, receivers, whatever. If it works for you in a week or two, it doesn't mean you keep doing it. You need to settle eventually, settle on like if you're a Saquon Barkley owner and you're still using that as an excuse, you're fucking dead in the water. You're dead in the water. I have teams right now. This is I'm beginning to realize that the Nick Chubb injury may have been the best thing that ever happened in my life this year for fantasy football. Reason being is I have 10 teams that I'm in. I've got one dog shit league. I've got another rebuilding dynasty league. So two leagues I'm kind of eh, I'm out on. And then uh, the all the other eight, if the season ended today, I'm in the playoffs. Every other one of them. And some of them, one of the top seeds. And in most of those leagues, and look at how many, at least at least five of them, I have Nick Chubb coming back. And a couple others, I have Austin Eckler also coming back here in a week. I've been able to stay afloat. I've solved my running back problem, right? I, that's what I, I went out and solved the issue. And now I have the guy coming back. If you're a Saquon owner, you don't get him coming back, but you should have solved the issue. That's not a crutch for you to lean on all season long. Stop doing that. All right. So just need to get that off my chest here on episode 39 so that we could um, all be on the same page. You guys know where I'm coming from with the rest of season stuff. It's just a garbage way to analyze. And I'll tell you straight truth here, folks. I dream of it. I tell people behind the scenes. Sometimes I go, man, I fucking dream, dream of a life in which I could be that lazy with my analysis. I'm telling you guys that if I, I could at this stage of my career, put it on autopilot, just make my projections, you know, tweak them a little bit more than I do rest of season weekly, you know, bolting them up a little bit. And then I could just have that take care of all my problems. All of your questions. I would just, here you go. Here you go. Here I'll go by them every single step of the way. And I get away with it for a while. I think I could probably coast for a couple of years on that. Honestly, I, I really, I could do it, but it's not who I am. It's not my soul. I, I couldn't charge price, you know, couldn't have people subscribe to my laziness. That's not what we do. That's not what we're about. And if that's, if I ever get to that point, then that's where I, I need to shut it down and retire and I'm sure you guys will tell me, all right, man, so it's time for you to go uh, go nighty night because you're, you're out because you're getting lazy. That's just lazy analysis, but it's what our industry has become because like anything, think about all your jobs out there. 
there's some lazy asshole at your job. Maybe you're the lazy asshole at your job. Who knows? But either way, there you are. Uh, you know, they're just mailing it in. They they go through the motions. They do the minimal amount necessary to get their paycheck, to collect their hours, and go. That's what they do. We all know people like that. I don't ever want to be that. I know a lot of people in this industry like that, unfortunately. And then, you know, just give the minimal amount of effort. All right, let's get into it. This is the week 10 matchups. Now, another reason you guys asked, some people asked for me to dive into some of these games, and that's why I'm doing it today. It's also, um, for those of you who are subscribers over at fantasyguru.com, we actually had um, uh, a scheduling conflict with our regular matchup podcast with uh, Mike Dempsey and Bob Harris this week. So those two were not able to record their matchup podcast. It is much better than the one I'm going to be doing for you here today. They do an amazing job with it. I mean, those dudes are top shelf all across the board and they don't go off on tangents for 15 minutes like I just did. But um, so this will serve as a, uh, a patch for that issue. So I'll dive into our matchups for week number 10 um, instead. So that's what we're doing here. One of the reasons why we're doing it here. We have a lot of tools over at fantasyguru.com, by the way, that I uh, can tell a lot of folks aren't using. We have our stats hub and the elite data and all that great, you know, information, but we also have tools, the fantasy points allowed, um, the strength of schedule that's constantly updated there as well. And the weekly matchup report, weekly matchup report alone, folks, that little, little piece of data, that piece contains well over, I don't know exact numbers, about $5,000 worth of data, right? 5,000, that's exclusive stuff that we are, you know, that we are providing for you guys. And it's on the offense side of the ball. It's on the defense side of the ball. It's for every single game. And it's updated every single week. Uh, it's, it's, you know, important stuff. And I think it's a tremendous tool that is going way underutilized over there. So I'm going to use that uh, assistant right from my, the, the weekly matchups, right from fantasyguru.com to help me break all these down. We'll start out in Houston with the Houston Texans taking on the Cleveland Browns. Now, one thing, this game has some weather issues as of Thursday, when I'm recording this, there's going to be rain earlier in Cleveland, but it's supposed to move away from the stadium during the game. So we got about 50% chance at the start. And that tapers off to like 30, 20% at the end. It's a good chance that the rain never even sees the, the, uh, uh, stadium there in Cleveland. So I'm not that worried about, we got about 22 mile an hour winds gusts up to 25. So it's a little bit windy conditions. It's not going to be as bad as two weeks ago when Cleveland took on the Raiders and that game had all sorts of you know, 30 mile an hour winds and gusts and rain and everything else. So it's not going to be that bad as of now. Now this may change. So you have to watch this game from the weather standpoint. If the weather is remotely decent, and that's what I'm projecting here. I think this game goes over the 54 total. Um, I'm sorry. It is, uh, it, it's gone down. It's actually gone down to 49. I think it's the weather that's dropped this total. That's fucking sick. 49 for these two teams. Defense is, is optional. Yeah, I like it a great deal. And um, David Johnson, concussion protocol. Don't know if he's going to get cleared. If not, it's going to be Duke Johnson running the ball against the the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns, you know, strong, pretty decent against the run defensively. They've had all sorts of problems with their secondary. They've given the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers, the 11th most to tight ends, the 10th most to quarterbacks. And, um, you know, that's where Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller will likely hurt them. This is a good matchup for Watson. It's a great matchup for Fuller. Uh, and I think it's going to be very back and forth. The Browns have had two weeks to kind of get healthy. Offensive line is in, in real good shape, and they get their running back, Nick Chubb, back. What do I expect from Nick Chubb in this game? Um, slightly less workload than before. I'm very pumped up that he isn't wearing a brace in practice. It's a great. It's great news. He's practiced fully on Wednesday and Thursday without a brace. Pretty amazing. 
offensive line is in a, a good spot. And thus, uh, we're going to see about 90% of what Nick Chubb's workload normally would be. That's going to be right around the 20 touch barrier. Uh, a couple of catches in there as well. Sure. Kareem Hunt will still be a part of it, but don't expect Kareem Hunt to be as big a part of this game or any game going forward as he was before. Kareem Hunt had his opportunity and he didn't do a lot with it, right? He just didn't do a lot with it. He'll be the change of pace back. He'll get, you know, one or two series every single half, right? You'll get probably two series as a half. So something like that will be Kareem Hunt's or one of those. And then he'll come in on third downs at the spell chub in certain plays. Um, to know Kareem Hunt isn't a starter there, but you're starting Nick Chubb if he's back, especially in this matchup for sure. Uh, I like the Browns wide receivers. Jarvis Landry is going to go off. Uh, a couple news items from this one. Landry, last year, Eric Murray, cornerback who is now with Houston, was in Cleveland. He was a whipping boy. He was the slot receiver. Murray went against Jarvis Landry a ton in those practices, and now he'll be guarding him on Sunday. Landry thrives under this kind of this kind of narrative. He thrives on it. He's going to have himself a phenomenal game, an absolute bona fide wide receiver too this week. Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, a deep sleeper if you need a flex option or if you're in sort of bye week hell or injury hell with your wide receivers, need somebody to go pick up, Rashard Higgins. He can do the job, all right? It's going to be you know, more of a touchdown upside for him against Vernon Hargreaves, one of the worst corners on my list. As a matter of fact, in for this week, Vernon Hargreaves, the number two worst corner matchup. Uh, worst corner, I should say, and Higgins has the matchup. So I like the Cleveland passing game there. We know Deshaun Watson. There's nobody I'm more confident in fantasy football than him. Avoid Duke Johnson. Avoid Kareem Hunt. Uh, Alston Hooper will be back in this game. I'm going to avoid the tight ends from the Cleveland Browns here as well. Uh, Obviously avoid the tight ends for Houston too. Um, I've already done, I've done one game and I've realized I need to move a lot faster if I'm going to get through all these. So let me, so I'm going to try to be more succinct here, folks. Here's the deal. If you listen to the pod, all right, if you're listening to the pod for one, I appreciate you Two, You got something. If if I hit on a topic or I, I miss a topic, hit me up. That's what Twitter's for at Jeff underscore man. Hit me up and, and ask the question, you know, um, cause I am trying to do this in a, in a decent amount of time. Uh, I should also talk about the Thursday night game just so we have it on tape. I think it's a low scoring game. I think the tight ends rule the day for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I have two bets in our elite sports betting package. And I'll just tell you, they are both on the tight ends. Trey Burton, One's on Trey Burton, one's on Mo Cox. I have two bets on the Indianapolis tight ends over there at Elite Sports Betting. So uh, Henry will get a decent enough enough workload, but now you know he'll be spelled more than we normally think because that's the Thursday game after the Sunday game. That's what coaches do. They don't run them as hard on the Thursday night. Uh, it's a tough matchup for Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, and the entire Titans offense. I don't think they do a lot. I don't. I think the ceiling is about 24 points at the very highest. So that's, I think it's a slower, lower scoring, boring type game where you always start AJ Brown in your seasonal leagues. But if you're looking for an under the radar guy or somebody from a showdown slate DFS, it would be Corey Davis. All right. And John Taylor, I start him in seasonal. I'm not even playing him though in DFS just would not do it this week. All right, let's continue. Uh, Washington at Detroit, the potatoes, Washington potatoes, Detroit Lions. No, uh, Kyle Allen, obviously out for the season. Alex Smith is your new starting quarterback. Makes you wonder what the hell happened. Um, you know, what, what is Washington thinking not starting at least going back to uh, Dwayne Haskins at this point? Why, what are you getting out of, Alex Smith. Alex Smith is fucking brutal. He is brutal. It's a great story. Absolutely. Threw for some decent yards last week. Absolutely. But he can't move. The offensive line sucks. They've got no running game. You're you're putting the man in danger, like grave danger. I don't like it. I'm not 
chasing J.D. McKissick's huge workload from a week ago. Just not going to do it. Antonio Gibson is definitely a better play, in my opinion, than McKissick. I'm not anxious to use either because McKissick had the fifth highest snap total, snap percentage of any running back in the league last week. That's how crazy that shit is. Love Terry McLaurin, you know, the matchup here. McLaurin going against Jeffrey Okuda, the uh, third overall pick in the NFL draft this year. Okuda is a rookie corner. He's given up a ton of production, and quarterbacks, especially veterans, attack rookie corners. They don't matter where you were drafted. you got to prove something. So I expect a lot of Terry McLaurin. Doesn't look like Galladay's going to go in this game. And TJ Hawkinson banged up, got a, an injury designation as toes. Multiple toes are hurting him. It seems like a turf toe potentially. Not great. Marvin Jones, baby. Marvin Jones would be the play in here. I think DeAndre Swift gets an upgrade as well. I think using him in the passing game makes a lot more sense, especially if Hawkinson wasn't playing. I know it's a revenge game for Adrian Peterson, but he can go fuck himself. Like, not enough of Adrian Peterson. His second week in a row with a revenge game, dude. No, you've got nothing left. So that's all. I like nothing else from this game. I like Marvin Jones. Uh, Hawkinson, of course, if he's active. But if he's not, I think Swift is the guy that gets an upgrade there. And then Marvin Jones. Uh, Good defense, but a good offensive line. So I'm not going to be using like Washington in in DFS this week. I don't think that Detroit's not a risky proposition, but it's not something I'm targeting against either Jacksonville at green Bay this week. Um, Jaguars have no pass rush. I think that uh, the Packers Aaron Rodgers is going to have all day to sit back and just carve up the secondary of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are terrible. 32nd dead last DVOA overall DVOA in, uh, in in football, they've given up third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They've given up fifth most to tight ends, the sixth most to running backs, and the 11th most to wide receivers. That is as bad as it gets. Most passing yards yards per game, second most passing yards per attempt given up by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Devontae Adams just smashed City, of course. Alan Lazard's back for this game. Do you start him? Mm. Depends on your options. I don't like it. Just not going to need him. If he, you know, last week, Marquez Valdez Scantling caught the two touchdowns. They're both flukish and late. And I don't think that happens again. I, I don't think they're going to need it. it. It's very simple. You use Devonte Adams, you use Aaron Rodgers, you use um, Aaron Jones, of course. And then Robert Tunyon would be the other guy. Yeah, they're bad against tight ends, too. I mentioned six most fantasy points against. So that's all. I'm not going to use Valdez, Scantling, or Lazard. I want to see how they're brought back and into this offense, despite the great matchup. If you had to, if you're in a super deep league, 14 teams, 16 teams, fine. I could uh, I could support that at that point. On the Jacksonville side, there's really not a lot here. If they were smart, they would just run the ball against Green Bay. That's what teams should be doing. But Green Bay's offense is good, going to put up a big lead, and then you're going to have to force – you're going to be forced to throw the ball, Jake Luton and the like. DJ Chark would be the guy. Jair Alexander may not play in this game. He's still banged up. So Chark is an absolute for sure play in DFS. Obviously, you're starting him in seasonal, even if Jair is there. But in DFS, he'll, he becomes a very viable play as well if Jair is out. If not, you're looking for a sleeper on that offense. Uh, LaVisca Chenault's still banged up. I don't think he's going to play um, this week. You know, As I said here on a Thursday, it's really up in the air uh, whether or not Chenault plays. Had a limited session today in practice, but if he doesn't, that means Chris Conley gets a bump up. If Chenault does play, then he would be the sleeper wide receiver for the Jags here this week. Uh, that's probably, that's about all I got from that game. Let's continue Philadelphia Eagles at the New York giants. I say it every week. Giants defense is better than anybody wants to give them credit for. Um, 
they will shut down your number one wide receiver, or at least try to with James Bradbury. Mm. It was a good matchup for McLaurin last week against Bradbury, but his uh, long touchdown catch didn't come against Bradbury. It came against Yadam, Isaac Yadam, uh, who is just brutal too. Uh, Eagles are going to win this one. Uh, Giants will find a way to screw it up. That's what Daniel Jones does. Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. Interceptions, fumbles, whatever it takes. So I don't like this. It's not going to be super high scoring. Both defenses can be scored against. I don't just don't see it going that way. I like Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders, I said it on the show. I believe I said it on the podcast last week. You guys got it before the Sirius XM audience got it. And that was that Miles Sanders is the number one buy low player in fantasy football right now. And if you're listening to this before the game started on week 10, then he's still the number one buy low player in fantasy football right now. Go out and get him. Buy him on the cheap because as the season goes, including this matchup against the Giants, that is where that is where everything falls apart. Or I mean, well, that's where his value goes up and you'll never be able to get him. That's what I mean by falling apart. So um, I love him this week. Fulgham would be the preferred wide receiver, but Dallas Goddard, I think, has a monster week here as well for uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Played two weeks ago you know, um, yeah, before the bye. Didn't do very much, so people have kind of forgotten about him, but this is, this is a real good matchup for him. Uh, against the New York Giants, and I think he, uh, I think he balls the hell out. I really do. I think he, he will be the leading receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles this week. The Giants' standpoint, I'm not starting Wayne Gallman. I'm not starting Alfred Morris. Not using Daniel Jones. If you want, you have to use somebody from this game. The only players that would be of any kind of interest would be Darius Slayton. Now, Darius Slay versus Darius Slayton. You know, of course, fun. You know, funny to say, but uh, you know, that's I'm not as afraid. You know, I'm not. Um, I'm not as afraid of Darius Slay as I was back in his uh, Detroit days. You know, I really wasn't. Uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's crazy. By the way, I'm just getting people hit me on the Sirius XM show. Now I'll talk about it in a little bit. I'll, I'll hit this game a little bit and I'll talk about that. Um, but back to Philadelphia, I'm going to use Goddard. I'm going to use Fulgham. The Giants, I'll use Darius Slayton. Ugh, I, you, can, you can sell me on, on Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard is the player that checks all the boxes that as a good, as a good enough play to use. But that's something I just, I want to stay away. If we can stay above the Sterling Shepard line, all right, it's, it's, uh, it's just a line in the sand. If we keep all of our plays ahead of Sterling Shepard this week and going forward, I think we're all going to be much more profitable, much more winning teams. All right. I just don't want to go to that spot unless it's, I'm absolutely positively desperate. Uh, what else we got? Tampa Bay, Carolina is the next game. What the fuck happened last week with Tampa? Like, how did Tampa get their clocks cleaned by the New Orleans Saints and just look disoriented? The I'll tell you how Tom Brady couldn't get enough Antonio Brown. That's what he, he just had nothing but love for Antonio Brown. Tony Brown's got a good matchup here this week. Um, he's drawn Dante Jackson of the of uh this Carolina Panthers, Mike Evans going to be against Razul Douglas. That leaves Godwin in the middle against Corner Edler, who is – they're all terrible. I don't like Razul Douglas. I don't think any of them are good. So I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game. I think the offense gets back on track. The thing I'll be looking for the most is are they going to run the ball? Every week I say the same thing. Why aren't teams running on Carolina? Why? I don't – understand last week the chiefs didn't do it again why it is so far and away their greatest weakness it is in fact the carolina panthers inability to stop the run is the greatest weakness in the nfl right now and nobody's taken advantage none of their opponents take advantage of this deficiency 
I, I, I throw my hands up. I don't know what to say. I just don't know what to say. I, uh, I, I got nothing. I mean, I would run against the Carolina Panthers on just about every down. And so with that, which running back do I like better? I, I like Leonard Fournette better. Fournette will get just as much time at even keel, you know, tie game, close game as Ronald Jones. They'll kind of trade. But when the game, when there's a deficit, Leonard Fournette gets almost all of the snaps in that case. That protects him. You know, he can't get game scripted out the way Ronald Jones did. So that's why I definitely prefer Leonard Fournette in that setup. Carolina side, I had a question on the Sirius XM show just today asking which Robbie Anderson or or uh, DJ Moore, and I don't want anything to do with any one of them. I really don't. If I had to choose, it would be DJ Moore, but the fact that they're bringing Curtis Samuel in so heavily just, just kills the value of both of those players, quite honestly. So it's going to be a guessing game until – until we prove otherwise. And then Christian McCaffrey's out in this game. So Mike Davis is back and I've got Davis as a low end running back to this week. I think that's fair. It's such a tough matchup. Although I'll say this, the, the Tampa isn't as good against the run as they were before Vita VA was in there. So you get a little bit more of an opportunity here uh, for Mike Davis. And then ultimately he's that what he Mike Davis really is and where all his value comes from is catching the football. It's the same as where Christian McCaffrey's value came from run that football. The more you do, the better these, uh, um, you know, uh, Dick Davis played against the, uh, yeah, he played at the end of that Tampa Bay game. The last time when McCaffrey went down, that was the game. Davis came in, caught those eight catches for 74 yards all right, in, in that ball game. And um, so that's while Vita VA was active. And Christian McCaffrey in that game rushed for two touchdowns. So Panthers were able to, you know, they didn't run for a lot of yardage, but McCaffrey, two short rushing touchdowns. McCaffrey had four catches for 29 yards in that game. And Mike Davis had eight catches for 74 yards. So if you look at that, it's 12 for what, 104, 105, 105 yards, 103 yards, I'm sorry. You know, that's a lot of production. That's And he could make his way. So he's a running back too this week. Um, I wouldn't expect anything near that kind of production, obviously, but still in play because this is a bad week for running backs. It just is a lot of running backs off. Edward Solaire, Zeke, Gurley, P. Ryan, which isn't that big of a deal, but yeah, is what it is. And then if you factor in for DFS purposes, Minnesota, Chicago off the board, Baltimore, New England off the board, Indianapolis, Tennessee. So that leaves Taylor out, Derrick Henry out, all of the Ravens running backs, Damian Harris, James White, David Montgomery, and Dalvin Cook all off the main slate. Doesn't leave us great pickings here for the at the running back position. Um I expect Tampa to run away with that game too. I expect them to win pretty handedly. Next game, Denver and Las Vegas. This is a lot of potential here for high scores, but it's also think, I think this will be one of the more disappointing fantasy games of the afternoon. These two teams, when they get a lead, they sit on the football. They, even when they are trying to come back, they put together long, slow drives just an awfully slow pace for uh for this matchup and i i just don't think there's enough urgency on either side and what i saw last week with denver was pathetic they came out of the gate wanting to run 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 even though they got a big early deficit and you gotta be able to flip that switch sooner if you're vic fangio or pat schumer so the one thing I do like from Denver's side of things, because Denver will be able to move the ball. Um, I li- love Jerry Judy, 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 Judy last week. And this is another, why I told you to buy low on him is this is another terrific matchup. And I think Judy can do some, some good work here, 
but he's going to get safety attention. And that's Jonathan Abram over the top. Jonathan Abram's a tough motherfucker and he's, he's not afraid to pop you and hit you. Judy has shown, he, you know, he's dealing with a bit of a shoulder injury because he got popped and it was in a ball. He dropped as a result. So, you know, that's doesn't, I, I don't like that matchup for him with the safety over the top. Um, I think the sleeper in this game is one of my top sleepers of the whole week. And that's Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay's by far and away. What's he average? 6.1 yards per carry on the ground. He is by far the better running runner to Melvin Gordon this year. And I think the Broncos are misusing their running backs. Gordon should be the third down back. Lindsay should be the early down back. Lindsay dropped two, two passes last week against the Falcons. He can't catch the football, but from a fantasy standpoint, if they're using him in that role, he could, if he gets a couple of grabs, he'll have a lot of room to run. The Raiders are dead last DVOA against the run um, this season. They are third worst overall DVOA. So there's, you know, there's a lot of opportunity here uh, against the uh, the Raiders to run the football. I, I think that Philip Lindsay's going to be the guy that does it. I do. I think he comes out, gets Melvin Gordon starts the game. Lindsay is usually in on the second series of the game and then chunk yards, chunk yards, chunk yards. That's what I think Lindsay will start picking up and they'll get into a flow right there. And it'll be a while before Melvin Gordon sees the field again. Now Gordon's the short yardage back. If they're inside the 10 yard line, inside the five, he's going to be the one carrying the football. So Lindsay needs that 11 yards or longer run to get into the end zone. But I think the yardage toll is going to be pretty good. And if you could add a couple of catches in there too, even better. Uh, but Tim Patrick also under the radar play here is everybody focuses on Jerry Judy, but Tim Patrick is in a good spot. Uh, when Judy left that game last week against Atlanta, when he was off getting a shoulder attended to, like Tim Patrick became Drew Locke's guy. And we've seen that before Patrick got hurt earlier, you know, that, he has a Drew Locke has a lot of trust in Timmy P. And if you him and Higgins are those guys that they're likely still out there on waivers, you can go pick them up and be no worse for the wear. On the Vegas side, you know this is where I didn't know what Devontae Booker was all about. You know, revenge game for Devontae Booker. I don't know why they're using him. Why they limited Jacobs last week. Nelson Aguilar's big plays have been really carrying this Raiders offense. I'm sure they're going to take their shots in, in this one. And uh, Aguilar against Ujimudier, the uh, Michael Ujimudier, he uh, guy has given up you know, 0.33 fantasy points per uh, route covered this season. That's a very high number. Anything over 0.3 is uh, anything over 0.25 is good for the offense. Anything over 0.3 is qualified, you know, starts getting you into my uh, cash game breakdown. So at 0.33, that's in a real good spot for Nelson Aguilar and big plays can happen. So uh, otherwise it's Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. I don't know how the Raiders are winning games. It seems to be a lot of sporadic production from different places which a coach will tell you is really, really good. I'll tell you that it's a lot of dust in the wind and it's going to wear off very, very soon. So it's not a lot to love from the Las Vegas standpoint in the game. I think this game will be close. Um, I just don't want to bet it because these are teams that are very difficult for me to figure out. Other games this weekend. Uh, So we did Denver, Las Vegas. Here we go. Chargers. In Miami, did I, you know, anytime I say a team that I can't figure out, the L.A. Chargers come stumbling on in like a drunken sailor. I, I don't know what to make of the Chargers. Like, I don't know what to make of them. They play to their opponent every single week. And it's just dumbfounding. And I called it last week, and sure enough, they shit the bed and couldn't win the game on the last play on that pass to Donald Parham. But and I think they go in here, and I think Miami beats them pretty pretty well. You know, it'll be relatively close, but Miami's minus two and a half at home with the way their defense is played. 
two rookie quarterbacks, the first two rookie quarterbacks, or uh, two of the, not the first one, Joe Burrow, but yeah, the next two rookie quarterbacks facing off against each other. You know, there's going to be some hype around that. And, uh, but I think just defensively, Miami's too good. And Miami's going to win this game by more than a field goal. So I like the Miami side of it there. Um, Oh, let's talk about the Chargers running game. That's what I was going to remember earlier. I said, I'll get to that game. This is the game I was talking about. Why you guys seeing that um, people are hyping Kalen Balazs? Do you realize Kalen Balazs isn't on an NFL roster? Kalen Balazs was deactivated in the practice squad on Monday. It might have been Tuesday earlier this week and I have seen analyst after analyst after analyst talking about Kalen Balaj. and somebody just sent me a screenshot that says uh that fucking NFL network are you on the Kalen Balaj hype train against the Dolphins like dude's not on the fucking feet he's on a team will they activate him well they might but why did they deactivate him before you know, I mean, Eckler's going to be back. I told you in the coffee video that it was, uh, I told you at that point, it was a bad idea. And, um, you, you know, it was a, a loser idea. That's what I called it. Bellage ain't shit. He's been around the league. This guy isn't any good. He had one magic run because of Justin Jackson's injury last week. That's the only thing that happened. Troy Main Pope is back. He was out. He's the guy who did real well two weeks ago. Go pick up Pope. So don't mess with Kalen Balazs, everybody. I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. Stop it. Stop doing this. Keaton Allen is golden. Him against Nick Needham. Nick Needham is my uh, ninth worst corner of the week over at EliteFantasy.com. It's uh, my bottom cornerback rating. Rankings are always available in the cash game breakdown on leadfantasy.com. By the way, uh, shit, I just met, I forgot to mention how our guy Joey Slither won a million bucks. That's right, million dollar winner over Elite Fantasy this past weekend. It's a second millionaire we've crowned this week uh, from our subscribers. It's more than any other place. It's just amazing what we're doing. And in honor of that, we lowered our prices, we cut them down by 66%. So it's $99 the rest of the year. That includes playoffs all the way through the Super Bowl, everybody. And again, it's stuff that it's for daily fantasy. It will help you with your betting. It'll help you with your seasonal. So um, a lot of great information and coaching sessions, five coaching sessions every single week over there. So you know, go out and get it. And whether you're aiming to be a, a profitable cash game player like myself or trying to win a million bucks like our guy Joey Slither, eh, it's it's right there for you. So back to the the Chargers of Miami. Um, what happens with Miami's backfield is curious to me. Uh, Matt Breida is healthy. He's going to play this week. But what exactly does that even mean anymore? Is Matt Breida, he should be the next man up. You wonder why they made the trade for him in the offseason. They haven't used him. Miles Gaskin passed him up. I'll tell you what. The guy, I mean, people picking up Rita, pick, people picking up Salvin Almet, uh, who had a nice little outing last week. I, I think the guy who's going to lead the Miami Dolphins is DeAndre Washington. They traded for him. Why the fuck would they trade for a guy only to use undrafted free agent like Ahmed or, you know, who they have, Matt Rita, who was already in house? Doesn't make any sense to me. I think DeAndre Washington's the guy in week 10 for the Miami Dolphins. And I think he gets a decent amount of fantasy points. You know, a lot of checkdowns from uh Tua Tagliavoa. So I think uh you know, I think that's the guy if you're another one, if you're looking for a deep, deep sleeper, there you go. Um Devontae Parker, you know, low. Only man in town, don't forget Preston Williams, is out for the season, likely. I don't think they put him on IR yet, officially. Mac Hollins is sort of the next guy up. Jakeem Grant there for that Dolphin wide receiving core. And we're going to see which one 
Tua <clears throat> values more. At this point, then Grant has the advantage, but we need to see it. We need to see these two on the field together a little bit more to really show which one two is going to have a better relationship, which routes he likes to go. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that's, I'm not going to dive into that. Some people are doing it. Grant's a very, very, very small wide receiver. Reminds me a lot of a slower Tavon Austin. <laughs> that's never good. Right. But um, so that that's, Kind of, I, I did like Matt Collins when he was in Philly. I, I kind of like Matt Collins a little more. I think he'll eventually be the more productive receiver there in Miami, but uh, not for this week, that's for sure. Let's keep it going, everybody. Boy, I told you, I'm not never going to get through all these games, but that's why not? If I, imagine if I actually uh, talked more about them. Buffalo, Arizona, what a great game this one is going to be out there in the desert this week. Um I expect this one to be very high scoring. Kyler Murray is at this. Let me ask you a question. If you got to choose your quarterback, one quarterback for the rest of the year, who would it be? Would it be Russell Wilson? Would it be Patrick Mahomes? Or would it be Kyler Murray? It's a tough question, isn't it? It's a real tough question. Notice Lamar Jackson's out of that mix. He was your second round pick this week, this year. You're welcome. Fantasy guru subs. You're welcome. Kept you way away from Lamar Jackson, but which one would you choose? It's tough to go against Kyler Murray. You know, he's the running back 12 and fantasy football this year. If you just counted his rushing stats only and notice, of course, he's doing that without any catches or receiving yards or receiving touchdown possibilities. Nobody does that. Nobody has 100% of their points only on the ground at the running back position, yet he'd still be a running back one. That's how amazing Kyler Murray's been on the ground. His Everything he does with his arm is almost gravy. That's just, it's crazy. And Buffalo doesn't have nearly the defense that we're accustomed to them seeing. I mean, they've given up fourth most uh, fantasy points to the tight end they've given up the uh, what they're 19th against the quarterback 15th against the running back and they're 20th passing yards per attempt you know and then they're pretty bad against the run which will challenge them with Kyler Murray is going to challenge them to the bone but I think that there's some sneaky value with either Kenyon Drake who has practiced the last couple of days or it would be better if he was out. We just got a 100% Chase Edmonds this week because Buffalo Pro Football Focus has him as the second worst run defense in the National Football League. They've given up the eighth most rushing yards, our highest rushing yards per attempt, and 13th most rushing yards per game this season. I'm sorry, 11th most rushing yards per game this season. So you can run on Buffalo, but will one of the backs do it, or is it just going to be all Kyler Murray? Tough call there, obviously. In seasonal, you're starting Murray, but are you going to pay the price for him in DFS? I think he's a tremendous cash game play. And then Hopkins, he'll have a bounce back week. Don't worry about that whatsoever. Um, what else do we've we've got? Uh, oh, then we go to the Buffalo side. It's a good game for Josh Allen um, here. Oh, I got gotcha. you. You want? Here you go. You guys listen this far. You listen to me try to go through. John Brown, baby, revenge game narrative. This will be the first time John Brown has played Arizona since he left like four years ago. This is the first time he gets to play at the stadium. He came off a big game, 99 receiving yards, and he gets to draw one of the worst corners of the league in Drake Kirkpatrick, who, by the way, when he was with Cincinnati, had a big uh, game of 100 yards and a touchdown against a few years ago. So history there, Kirkpatrick is sucking. Brown is back. He's healthy. And with Stefan Diggs locking up and being shadowed by Patrick Peterson, I don't think Patrick Peterson's going to stop anybody at this stage of the game. But John Brown against Kirkpatrick, I guarantee Josh Allen makes that hurt. I guarantee it. John Brown gets in the end zone this week, everybody. Boom. There you go. All right. Let's keep it moving. Seattle and Rams, another game. Like all the four o'clock games. This week, folks, are absolute bangers. Absolute bangers. Um, 
they're going to be absolutely fantastic. So um, Seattle, no different. We know coming off a a tough loss to Buffalo last week, but right back at it, you're going to get the tremendous matchup, all all world matchup of DK Metcalf on Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I don't think there's a person in the world that's going to be able to cover DK Metcalf. So uh, I don't even think they, even if they did shadow Metcalf with him, I I don't think he's going to slow him down enough. I don't think it's possible. So I love that. We got to wait on the news of Chris Carson. Um, looks like Hyde's definitely out. Chris Carson. I thought he he was question. Remember, he was a game time decision two weeks ago. Everybody shows you what bullshit coaches put us through. It's all bullshit. So um, you know, we'll see on Chris Carson if he doesn't start. I don't know if I want to even go there with DJ Dallas. Like, I just don't even know if I can go there. Um, I, 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 too much Travis Homer, you know, too much Alex, Alex Collins a week ago. I, I think Dallas has played his role, and I think it's over. I, I'm going to try to find another option against the Rams this week if Carson doesn't play and if I'm still holding on DJ Dallas. Um what else from the Seattle side? I mean, Seattle's so easy. That's all it is. It's a matter of the ramps. Uh, Daryl Henderson looks like he's going to play. That's a very, very bad thing for my Cam Akers shares. I still think this is the week. Coming off a bye, this is the week Cam Akers gets an extended run. This is the week Cam Akers gets put into the game plan. If it's not, what a fucking waste. What a waste of a second-round draft pick. What a waste of that young man who is a very, very good running back. But I think this is a, it's a pass funnel against Seattle. So the Rams are going to have to throw it makes Jared golf uh, a QB one this week. I think I have him eighth overall and Cooper cup. Who's banged up, got an oblique injury and a wrist issue. I thought he broke his wrist. Thank God he didn't. He's got a tremendous matchup going against Ugo and Amadi. Uh, there also Robert Woods. I love Robert Woods in this matchup. So you want the passing games of both of these teams. And I think it's going to be very high scoring as well. So uh, you start Woods, you start cup. Um, Don't think you start Daryl Henderson. I think that's really, really dangerous. Start Jared Goff. If you're in need of a streamer at the quarterback position, Metcalf, Lockett, Chris Carson, if he plays, is an absolute as well. Stay away from the tight ends on both sides of these teams. San Francisco coming uh, back to New Orleans. Second year in a row they're going. Remember last year, these two teams combined for 96 points. And that's when San Francisco had their number one defense. Drew Brees is going to win somebody a GPP. Drew Brees is the quarterback that lit up Tampa Bay, one of the best defenses in the league last week, and nobody paid attention. It looks like Drew Brees' ownership is going so – it's going to be so low in DFS. Michael Thomas is back. Michael Thomas gets the number one, the worst cornerback of the week in Emmanuel Mosley in coverage. Second week back for him. And, you know, that is just going to be hellacious. Just absolutely hellacious. There's no chance for Mosley. Michael Thomas is going to have a smash game here. The New Orleans offense, I wouldn't doubt if Brees throws four, four touchdowns again, well over 300 yards. San Francisco, you know, one thing they do decently, this defense, they're six in yards against. Their pro football focus has them as sixth best rushing um defense uh they're seventh best in rushing yards against all right so and then uh in as far as the um rushing defense the 49ers are sixth best dvoa against the run now you flip that on the other side their passing defense is absolutely fucking terrible 19th in yards per game 17th in yards per attempt here uh and that's they started the season as one of the best defenses in the league with Richard Sherman and uh, Kawan Williams and all these guys and a great pass rush with Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa. And it's all gone. It's all gone. We know it. San Francisco's just mush and you got to love and you got to invest in this new Orleans offense this week. It's going to be a good one. And uh, there's not another, you know, Kwan Williams, Emmanuel Mosley, both were good, absolutely eaten alive. Jason Verrett's played well. 
but um, he'll likely be on Emmanuel Sanders' side most of the game. But nobody's slowing down Drew Brees in this one. Alva Cabrera, yes, of course. Who's going to run the ball for San Francisco? Fuck. Who knows? Disaster. Uh, as of now, it's going to be Jermichael Hasty. I'm going right back to it. I know they've had extended time um, for Jarek McKinnon, and Jarek McKinnon was the leading ball carrier last Thursday. Don't buy it at all. Don't, I don't buy it even a tiny, tiny bit. So they 49ers will try to help the defense by establishing the run, and I think it'll be Jermichael Hasty. It's not something you can feel good about. I have him as a running back three. That's as good as I can do. The other spot is the tight end position for San Francisco. Jordan Reed versus Ross Dwelly. We saw last week that Dwelly outsnapped and produced Jordan Reed. I think that goes the opposite way. I think Jordan Reed will be the uh, one of the, I think he'll be a top 10 tight end this week for sure. I think, you know, with the pass heavy script, Nick Mullins has always been so good. Nick Mullins is the reason George Kittle broke out, folks. Remember, before Jimmy G, when, you know, when Jimmy, well, when Jimmy G was hurt, I should say, Nick Mullins is the guy who got George Kittle to break out all those tight end drag routes. Still a very big part of the San Francisco offense. And uh, thus, Jordan Reed is a nice tight end to grab on the waiver wire if you, uh, if you need, are in need and he's still there. I'm sure you picked him up last week. Just start him this week. Don't get cute with it. Uh, that's about it from this game. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, another late game here. I think this game is going to be better than anticipated and expected from a fantasy standpoint too. I think it goes over the total. I think that, uh, you know, Cincinnati having two weeks to prepare Pittsburgh, you know, Garrett Gilbert held his own against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh defense is good, but is it great? Um, numbers would say, uh, not so much uh, outside of a couple spots. They stopped the run very, very well. And Joe Hayden is a lockdown corner. The other two corners for Pittsburgh, is Mike Hilton and Steve Nelson have given up a ton of production. Like, you know, remember I said the 0.35 routes per uh, fancy points per route covered, um, that they are at 0.43 and 0.5 respectively. That's Steven Nelson, their slot corner, and uh, um, Steve Nelson, the outside corner, Mike Hilton, the uh, slot corner. So Hilton's at 0.54. Steve Nelson's actually at 0.42. Look at that off the top of my head. It's pretty close. But that's a lot of production given up. I think Cincinnati put some points on them. I really do. Cincinnati's going to throw all the, those three receivers and Boyd, Higgins, and Green. I like Tyler Boyd, though. I'm not going to go T Higgins is a guy that's tough start or sit for me this week. I'm sitting him, right? I I am. uh, I'm going to sit him, Um, but that's uh, it's it's a tough one. Higgins is Burrow's guy, but I think they attack with Tyler Boyd on the inside there. If you want to know which Pittsburgh wide receiver like the most, it's Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's like over 10 targets every week. He is the number one receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right? He's had one bad game, and every other bad game he's had is fucking injury. That's all it is. So I like him, and I like Eric Ebron. Bengals have given up second most fantasy points to the tight end this season. So I think Ebron is in a tremendous spot here as well. Roethlisberger will get right back on track here as well. You know, right back on top, I think he'll be good. So there you go. Um, what else do we got uh, from this game? Oh, James Conner will be fine. Um, that's about, I mean, Deontay, do you start, do you have to start Juju? Do you start Claypool? Yeah, I'm going to, um, um, I, I'll start Claypool if you have him. It, it depends on your options though, because I would start De- Deontay over him. Uh, all right, so now we get to the Sunday night games here, folks. Look at this. Not bad. I'm getting through it all. A Baltimore at New England. Baltimore's going to kick the snot out of the New England Patriots. They really are. New England struggled against the Jets. It's a short week. Ugh. It, it's nothing good's going to happen for them. So Baltimore back on track. Um, 
Are they, you know, no Stefan Gilmore. Can we ever get Marquise Hollywood? What's your dream Brown going? Can we ever get him going? Every week you say this is the week and it should be on Sunday night football against the defensive backfield. No pass rush for New England whatsoever. And their defensive backfield, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones have just been garbage, just fucking garbage. And they don't have the speed to keep over the Marquise Brown. So, you know, I think it's, you know, I think that's a good spot. It's it's getting really difficult for me to start him. I have Marquise Brown in several leagues. And I, last week I, I was all in and he didn't do shit. And I told myself, that's it. This guy is not, I lowered him on my some of my depth charts. And when I do that, that means you're gone. I'm not the guy who's going to come back to you because you have a big game. Once you're gone, you're gone. And Marquise Brown is gone for me. I get the matchup. I get all that. But. Um, no, it's, you have to decide on your, your other options. Like if I had Deontay Johnson or Marquise Brown, I'm going Deontay Johnson, of course, you know, I mean that I'm trying to think of other guys. Uh, I'd go John Brown. How about that shit? John Brown over Marquise Brown this week, y'all. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. And Mark Ingram likely back this week. So comp- further complicates Baltimore is like this. You start. Lamar, you start Mark Andrews, even though he's been shit in the bed lately. And then you think about Marquise Brown and that's it. And New England, I don't want to start Cam this week. That's the only offense. Jacoby Myers, how about that? One of our best waiver calls of the season a couple weeks ago over there at Fantasy Guru. So am I going to start Jacoby Myers? I might. I don't want to. Uh, Marlon, it all comes down to Marlon Humphrey being back for this game. He was activated from the COVID-19 list. He had COVID-19. If he's back, I'm sitting Jacoby Myers, not fucking playing him. No way. And then it's the Monday night football game, bears and Vikings. We love what the Vikings are doing offensively. They know what they're good at. They know their identity and they're just pounding it. Just pounding Dalvin cook, Dalvin cook, Dalvin cook, Dalvin cook. And it's working very, very well. The issue they're going to have is the Bears defense, very, very good stop in the run. All right. That's, they are giving up seventh least rushing yards per game. They're 11th in rushing yards per attempt, a little bit higher than you would have expected. But uh, another, their Bears are good at taking away what other teams want. You know, we're, we're accustomed to seeing that with Bill Belichick. That's what the Bears have been doing, and they've done a pretty good job. That's why they've been in every game all year long. The Bears haven't been blown out. I guess the Rams game was kind of a little bit of a blowout, but um, you know they're behind most of the time. Uh, I still I think the Bears are going to pull off this game at home. I can't believe the Vikings are favored. Uh, I think Nick Foles gets it done. The Vikings, talk about defensively. Vikings secondary, you're talking about players who were signed off the streets, literally signed off the streets that are starting an NFL football game. A guy like Chris Boyd, you know, and now they hope to get to both Dantzler and Gladney should be back for this game. But you're talking about rookies and experienced player. Uh, Allen Robinson will eat the ass of Cameron Dantzler. And Jeff Gladney is a rookie that Anthony Miller can control. Yeah, this I think Nick Foles puts up better than expected numbers. I think the Bears hopefully, hopefully they won't have Montgomery. I'm really hoping they they promote Lamar Miller to the active roster. And if that's the case, I think Lamar Miller will be okay. Just not not big fantasy numbers or anything like that, but move the chains and allow more time for Grant and Jimmy Graham, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller to eat against a secondary that's one of the best, if not or one of the worst, if not the worst in football. I think the Bears win this game. I do. And it's if it's going to be up to Kirk Cousins throwing the ball against the Chicago pass rush and secondary, that's going to go very, very poorly for Minnesota. Obviously, you start Thielen, you start Dalvin Cook. Jefferson's a guy that I talked about it during the week on the Sirius XM show that I'm kind of really worried about Jefferson and I own him in a bunch of leagues. That's a real bummer because of, we know what he's capable of, but this offense doesn't want to throw the football and, and wisely, 
not throwing the football. Just run, 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 run. That's so I'll explore my other options if I'm a Justin Jefferson owner. You know, I, I really am. Um, Jalen Johnson, the rookie, you know, rookie on rookie here in this matchup. Johnson's played a lot better. One of the best rookie quarters in the game so far. He's got burned a couple times deep, and that's it. But it played very well with the ball in front of him. So at night, cold, Chicago, mm, I don't like that deep ball idea. So kind of looking elsewhere from Justin Jefferson this week. And just to clarify, I'm not going to start. If I had to start Anthony Miller or Jefferson, I would still choose Jefferson. Okay, just to be clear. Um, but I would start Jimmy Graham over Irv Smith. Irv Smith had a big game last week. That ain't going to fly this week. And then uh, Allen Robinson must play as well. All right, folks, that is it. Went through the matchups, all of them. I know I went fast. I know. If you have questions, though, that's what social media is all about. Uh, you know, I, I believe I blazed my way through it, but wanted to get to every game, give you at least a nugget or two for every single one of them. Uh, again, congratulations to our subscriber, Joey Slither, who won a million dollars in daily fantasy football last week. We had so many winners again last week. It's been, it's been a magical ride, I tell you folks, all year long. I've never had nine straight winning weeks in DFS until this, this season. Um, you know, considering we only, our goal is to win 12 out of the 17 weeks overall, have 12 profitable weeks, and we're good to go. You know, if we get to if we get 11, we're profitable. If we get 12, that's where we want to be. If we get anything over that, it's gravy. I mean, we're we're uh, three quarters of the way there, which is just amazing. And uh, so, join us elitefantasy.com if you want to get in on the winning. Everybody, follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, and others other social media outlets. Uh, every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius 210 XM87, the Elite Sports Show. All right, folks, that's going to do it for me. Any questions you have, hit me up on social media. If you're a subscriber, you know where to find me in the chats all weekend long. Enjoy tonight's game. Enjoy all of Week 10, and best of luck to you. Remember, folks, you could have disagreed on anything I said today, and that's perfectly okay. Why? Because this was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time. He says...